It's a destination. We are finally here. Let's go. What is good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Destination Dynasty. I am your gracious host, Scott Connor, at Charles Chill FFB on Twitter. Uh, for now, I uh, saw the craziness with Twitter this past weekend. Hopefully, that does not continue going forward. Uh, but nonetheless, you can find me there. Follow all the work at Destination Devi over on the Discord at patreon.com slash allgas. Uh, and finally, my other projects, Dynasty Trades in 5 on YouTube. We live stream every Tuesday night. Uh, this week's live stream will be actually on Wednesday since we are at the 4th of July coming on Tuesday. And finally, you can find bonus content for me over on patreon.com slash dynasty and chill. We just did the episode this past week with Tommy Blair talking about some strategies of how to defeat the portfolio player. It was pretty cool. I learned some stuff uh, that I hadn't thought of before uh, and at least have that in my arsenal to use. Uh, in case there is somebody that wants to do a little disruption in terms of my portfolio strategy in a given league. So you can check that out. I usually do a couple of those per month along with a Zoom chat uh, once per month over on that Patreon feed. So join that if you would like. And then finally, I do want to make a big announcement. Uh, so myself and Adam at ATM 4D Chest, one of the hosts of the 4D Chest podcast on this feed, uh, we are going to be doing a massive lecture series talking about warp. I don't know how many episodes it is going to be, uh, but it's going to be something that he and I are going to be working on in the very near future. Uh, It is going to be available in both audio and video, and there's going to be a couple other options uh, along with that as well. It's going to be a standalone thing, uh, but you will definitely hear more about it on this feed. But if you are interested in warp, if you are interested in the warp tool, southharmonff.com, Uh, Just updated this weekend with MFL leagues. Uh, So now that we have Sleeper and MFL on there, uh, we have a vast array of different prototypes and formats that we can cover. So we are going to put together essentially a mini series of lectures uh, going through a bunch of different formats, talking about how to use the tool, how we're going to use the tool in different formats, how we're going to use the tool as portfolio players, literally just cover the gamut. So we hope that that's going to be available Uh, Hopefully within the next month or so, uh, we have to figure out the logistics and whatnot, but that is upcoming. Uh, Adam and I are going to be doing that together, uh, co-hosting that series. Uh, Both of us will probably take turns, kind of giving our analysis and input, Uh, but most importantly, it's going to be on video. So yes, you're going to be able to get the audio, but it's going to be available in video as well. So you're going to get a package and a series of videos with more warp content than you could have ever imagined. So stay tuned, but that is something that we wanted to officially announce uh, a partnership between South Harmon and Dynasty of Chill, and you will obviously hear about it on Destination Devi as well. So still working out the kinks of how it's going to be rolled out, but rest assured, anybody that likes warp, likes roster construction, all of that stuff coming together uh, in this lecture series that we're going to put out, and it's going to be both on audio and video. So if you're a visual person, you will literally be able to look and see what we're talking about on the screen while we're presenting it. So stay tuned for more information on that. I just wanted to throw it out there and officially make that announcement. Uh, We'll probably have more information for you both on Destination Dynasty and 4D Chess coming up. 
Uh, today's episode is going to be a pretty straightforward one. Uh, shout out to my former co-host on America's Game, uh, Eric Vanek. Him and I used to do these episodes every once in a while. This is something that I know he still has a passion for doing. Uh, so shout out to Eric. Uh, but I am going to do a running back centric episode today, and this is going to be the Running Back Independence Day show. It's going to be all about every single running back to pay attention to in the NFL. I'm going to try to cover that in less than an hour. It is going to be a challenge. Uh, but as I've gone through my portfolio and literally talked about any running back on a 53, now this is going to be more geared towards the lineup league players, as obviously any running back on a 53 is more of a lineup strategy versus a best ball strategy. But we're going to go through every single one. As I've started to go through and cut down on my tight ends, like I talked about a couple weeks ago, um, I have expanded the depths to basically every running back that you could think of. Uh, I'm trying to justify, are they worth a roster spot? So I'm not going to get too much into the weeds in terms of like who is good and who isn't or who to buy or who to sell. This is going to be more of, let's talk about every running back in the league. How do I want to roster construct? How do I want to layer these guys if I'm taking an any running back on a 53 approach, especially if I've dialed in my roster construction and I'm literally working at, okay, I have 15 roster spots that I can allocate to running back. How do I want to layer that? What type of moves, what type of construction moves do I want to make before we get to, especially preseason, but even in training camp, you start to see things change in terms of depth charts. You have players emerge, you have players that look like they may not make it. So all those things happen fast and furious once you get to August and once you actually see some stuff on the field where you can take something away in terms of what these depth charts are going to look like. So this episode is literally going to cover any running back on a 53. So buckle up. It's going to be the running back independence show uh, celebrating 4th of July, which is coming up tomorrow. Hopefully you enjoy it. I'll have something next week for the best ball players, but for the lineup addicts uh, that still love setting lineups and still love the any running back on a 53 love the modified zero RB or the zero RB or the hero RB strategy or whatever you want to call it. That's what this episode is going to be all about. So stay tuned for that and we'll get right into it here shortly. And before we do that, let's hear from our sponsor at Destination Devi Underdog Fantasy. Destination Dynasty is now sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. I'm gearing up for Underdog's Fantasy season-long best ball contest a great way to put your best ball skills to the test against me and everyone else at the Destination Devi team. The best part, if you use promo code CHILL when you sign up, you'll get a 100% deposit match up to $100. And if you deposit $10, you'll get access to strategize with us in the Destination Devi Discord, where you can get additional stats, tips, and much, much more to dominate your drafts. What are you waiting for? Head over to underdogfantasy.com, sign up, Again, use promo code CHILL to get a 100% deposit match up to $100 and deposit your $10 to get access to the Destination Debbie Discord. Back to the show. So we'll go ahead and get started by talking about the Buffalo Bills. And before I get into the Bills, I want to give a caveat that this is how I am handling any running back on a 53 within my portfolio. And you better believe that I have basically every single angle covered in terms of which running backs potentially could be on rosters. Uh, across all of my leagues, the average roster size for me right now is 34 players. So I do think this show is going to cover literally 
any running back that you could potentially put on a 53. Now, you have to scale it to whatever your format is. If you have 25-man rosters, 28-man rosters, point per carry, you only have to start one at each position. Like, there's a lot of variables in terms of what your construction would be. But if you're at a point where you are constructing around any running back on a 53, hopefully this will cover that in terms of what names to be looking for on your waiver wire, even those random waiver runs that happen in July or before the preseason starts or whenever your waivers run in your league, you can be scouring just to figure, okay, how many of these guys can I pick up? Are there roster clogger receivers that I'm carrying? Are there roster clogger tight ends that I'm carrying? Are there players I can liquidate for draft picks that can free up a roster spot to allow me to add one of these running backs? There's a multitude of options of how you could potentially get there. But when I look at my portfolio right now, I am actually carrying 122 running backs across my portfolio. So if you do the math on that, that is a little bit under an average of four per NFL team. Now, obviously, there are some NFL teams that don't have four running backs that I would want to carry. There are some teams that have five. So just on average, you're talking about almost 3.9 running backs per NFL roster, 3.8-ish. If you take that number, 122, and divide it by 32, you're talking about almost four running backs per NFL team that I'm carrying. Now, a lot of those guys are some NFL free agents and players that are fighting for a roster spot, obviously, with a couple other players that are on their depth chart. But still, it's almost an average of four per NFL team when you really break it down how many I'm carrying. So let's just start by talking about the Buffalo Bills. And again, this is going to be my portfolio, how I'm handling it. I may say, you know what, I'm not carrying this player for one reason or another. And if that's the case, then I will say that. And you could certainly make a case as to why you might, because there are a couple players that I just have dropped and I really have no interest uh, in picking them back up. So I'll try to explain that when I get to those spots. But for the Bills, obviously you have James Cook, you have Damian Harris, you have Latavius Murray. Those three guys are clear. Any running back on a 53 guys uh, with clear value attached probably to James Cook and a little bit to Damian Harris, but obviously you're rostering those three. Uh, Naheem Hines is one that I actually went through and I cut Naheem Hines uh, a couple times. I only had like three or four shares of Naheem Hines, but I cut him around NFL draft time. He was one of the ones uh, that I was willing to cut, especially if my league did not reward any sort of extra bonuses for return yards or kick return yards. Uh, and in, in the ones that I had him in, none of that applied. So he was one I've actually cut down to zero. I really don't have interest uh, in picking him up. Now, certainly that could change. That could be a player that for some reason they used totally differently than what they acquired for him last year. Uh, they acquired him and they didn't use him on offense. So I'm just kind of sitting here thinking, what is the path? He's clearly a guy that isn't somebody that's going to get any carries. They have Latavius Murray. They have Damian Harris. They have Josh Allen. There really isn't a path. Uh, they do have a undrafted free agent, Jordan Mims uh, from Fresno State. Uh, that is one that I'll keep an eye on, on Jordan Mims. I'm not super impressed with his actual profile, so I haven't decided that he is one of the UDFA running backs that I'm willing to pick up. Uh, but just someone to keep in mind just in case something breaks on the depth chart. You know, could he beat out somebody like Latavius Murray? We'll see. But for Buffalo, uh, it's three running backs, James Cook, Damian Harris, and Latavius Murray. So that is three. Let's move on to the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are one of the ones where you kind of sit there and you say, all right, how many do I really want to carry on the Dolphins? And when you dive into it, you're probably suckered into carrying five, 
Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Devon Achain, Salvin Ahmed, and Miles Gaskin. Now, Ahmed and Gaskin, I have cut in a couple places, but I had a ton of those guys heading into the offseason just because you didn't know what was going to happen with Mostert or Wilson, and they hadn't drafted Achain yet. And those were two guys that the team actually decided to bring back. So you're figuring, all right, if they're on this team, this is one of those, I know Eric and I have talked about in the past, this is one of those teams where if you have a running back that's on their active roster, or even on their practice squad, it's one where you probably can justify a roster spot. So there's five there. Uh, They do have an undrafted free agent, uh, Chris Brooks. Rookie from BYU, a big guy, not one of the ones that's been on my radar, but if anybody has an inside track or anything on Chris Brooks, let me know, but not one of the UDFAs that I have justified putting on any rosters just yet. And just for everybody following along, I am using Our Lads, uh, which they do update uh, pretty frequently. Uh, It's probably not updated in the last week or so, but any movement, they typically are pretty on top of that. Uh, And I also want to share, I do have some teams that are literally searching for any running backs that could make a team. We're talking about, I have gone to the extreme. So when you start talking about some of these UDFAs, I mean, sure, they are absolute long shots, but you never know. And when your roster constructed to the extreme, you want to take advantage of every possible shot that you can. You can always get back that roster clogger receiver. You can always get back a backup quarterback. You can always find that. But there's a lot of times where the running back shot, it's either going to cost you a ton of fab when it happens or it's an easy cut when it doesn't. And that's the biggest edge is you add some of these UDFAs, uh, no sweat if they don't make a team, no big deal. Didn't make the roster. Don't even have to worry about it. And I think that's the biggest benefit to it is you get a quick outcome. You don't sit there and you go, well, maybe, maybe if this happens, maybe if that happens. So that's one of the reasons why you just take the running backs for what they are. You add them when you have the right roster construction. So next team up is the Patriots. Uh, You have Ramondre Stevenson, you have Ty Montgomery, you have Pierre Strong, and you have Kevin Harris. Um, I am rostering Stevenson, Pierre Strong, and Kevin Harris. I have not picked up any Ty Montgomery. Uh, Maybe that is a mistake. Uh, Ty Montgomery has been around forever. Uh, If anybody remembers the old Yahoo uh, controversy with Ty Montgomery switching positions, gosh, I think that was like back in 2016 or 2017. Uh, But it's amazing that he's still around. He is still here and potentially the favorite or one of the guys in the running to be the third down back for the Patriots. I don't buy it. Um, I'm not rostering Ty Montgomery. If it happens, he's the kind of player that should be easily available, shouldn't cost you anything, but I'm not rostering any Ty Montgomery, nor am I rostering any J.J. Taylor. So it's three running backs on the Patriots until they sign somebody. Uh, That one's pretty straightforward for me, so those three. So I think we're up to 11 thus far through three teams. Then we get to the fourth team in the division, the New York Jets. Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Izzy Abanacanda, Zonovan Knight, and Travis Dye. Uh, Pretty simple. I'm rostering all five. Travis Dye is one of those guys that, if he didn't get injured last year at USC, might have been maybe a slight bit higher up on the pecking order. So I am willing to roster Travis Dye. This is just like the Miami backfield where something is going to give. Um, One of these guys is definitely going to get cut. Probably two of these guys may end up getting cut. Could end up being Michael Carter. Maybe they trade away a guy like Michael Carter. Might end up being somebody like Zonovan Knight, where last year, okay, yeah, he was up. He got some run, but maybe that was simply because they didn't have anything else there. So I'm interested in all five of these. Uh, Travis Dye is one of those where you kind of want to watch for what happens in the preseason because most likely he has an extreme uphill battle to win a job. Uh, But again, like Miami, 
five New York Jets that I'm rostering, and just alone in the AFC East, 16 running backs uh, for four teams. So we're right on that average of four per team. Uh, Moving on to the AFC North, we have Baltimore. Baltimore is one of those where I'm actually only rostering two from Baltimore, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Um, I can't do Justice Hill. Keaton Mitchell, too small. One of those couldn't end up being somebody that I end up picking up, uh, but just reasons why I wouldn't pick them up. Justice Hill for very similar reasons to Ty Montgomery and to Naheem Hines. And again, this is good for me to talk out this process because I'm also jotting down a list of the guys that maybe I have an inherent bias to. Naheem Hines, Ty Montgomery, Justice Hill. In a way, those guys are any running back on a 53, right? Like they are on a 53-man roster. And you'll see when I get into the free agents, I'm rostering a ton of guys that are not on teams. Now, that doesn't mean a whole bunch to me in early July at the running back position because there's going to be guys that sign just to go into camp. And there's going to be camp bodies that are veterans that have been around. You go, you know what? As soon as that player signs, I'll be more interested in him than I would be in Ty Montgomery or I would be in Justice Hill. But for the Ravens, only carrying two. Uh, Nobody else currently on the roster, no UDFAs. But this is also one of those teams where I wouldn't be shocked if they go back to the well and they bring in a veteran. There's a couple guys that are actually just former Ravens that are sitting out there that you never know if they may pick back up. So only two guys right now on the Ravens. Uh, Bengals, kind of the same thing. I've started to warm up a little bit to picking Chris Evans up just because there's a lot of volatility in the backfield is Joe Mixon, Travion Williams, Chase Brown, and Chris Evans. Those are the only four that I'm interested in on the Bengals. I did end up getting rid of Chris Evans just because there was so much signaling that the team just didn't view him as a running back. I don't think the team really views him as a running back, but you never know. And given how frequently they pass to the running back last year and how much they're going to pass in general, the highest neutral pass rate in the NFL, any running back that could be a receiving back is probably worth at least having. And now that the backfield has kind of shaken out the way that it has, even if Mixon ends up staying, the way that it's shaken out from now uh, since the beginning of the offseason You know, Chris Evans is back on the radar to where I will start picking some Chris Evans shares up. And one of the benefits of kind of playing it this way is, you know what, I'm in so many leagues that, yeah, I got rid of all my Chris Evans. And even if that was a decision that might have been wrong, and I thought maybe there's a little bit of a inside scoop that I think I might know about Chris Evans, so I just decide I'm not going to keep him. If I was another player on another team, I might not have done that. But the benefit is I can just go back and get five, six, seven, eight Chris Evans shares off waivers pretty easily. Like he's going to be available out there in leagues to pick up. And maybe I only get a couple to start, but he shouldn't be somebody that's that difficult to add exposure to. So when you add the Bengals, that is up to 22 total running backs. Let's get to the Cleveland Browns, another team. Uh, And you'll notice this is a theme, a ton of teams where you could go, yeah, I could see that team adding somebody. Only two guys on the Browns, uh, Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford. They do also have Demetric Felton, who's technically listed as a running back, John Kelly, Nate McCrary. Uh, It's interesting with Felton, John Kelly, and Nate McCrary, all guys that have been on the any running back on a 53 uh, radar in the past, uh, but not anymore. Uh, Just Nick Chubb, just Jerome Ford. A little bit of interest in Hassan Hall. I've seen some people picking up Hassan Hall. Uh, I have not, but one of those names that I want to hear a little bit more about, uh, running back from Georgia Tech, uh, not somebody with a super impressive profile, 
uh, pretty small. I think he's only 195 pounds when I looked him up before. So not somebody that's immediately on by radar, but also a depth chart where there's going to be room for probably a third player, just depending on what they add and if they decide to add somebody else. So you add those two uh, with Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford, and you are up to 24 total. Final team in the AFC North, you have the Steelers, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Anthony McFarlane, Jason Huntley, and Alfonso Graham. I am okay adding Anthony McFarland again. Had a little positive buzz in minicamp and in OTAs. We'll see. That's another one of those where you've gone to the well numerous years in the past. Uh, Don't really want to go back there, but if I see him out there and it's one of those leagues where, hey, I need somebody, I'm fine adding him. So if you take those three, we're up to 27. Uh, We are through the AFC North. Now let's go to the AFC South. We'll start with the Texans. Four running backs I'm interested in rostering. Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary, Mike Boone, who they signed in free agency, and then Xavier Valade, uh, who they brought in as undrafted free agent. Uh, Valade is an interesting one. Um, okay profile. Somebody that probably has an opportunity to make the team. I mean, he's battling Daria Gumbawale and Jared Dokes uh, for roster spot along with Mike Boone. So... That's one of those where I've added a ton of Valade. I've over double-digit shares of Valade, and even the number two on the team, Singletary, not super impressive with him. We know it's likely to be a bad team, but either Valade or Mike Boone, in my opinion, are literally a running back that could be getting touches out of nowhere, and you can get either one of them absolutely for free on the back end of your depth chart. So this is one of those where even if the Texans just end up being an average team, maybe they have to throw the ball more. Maybe they have to play a little bit more aggressively on offense. Uh, And hopefully they do do that with C.J. Stroud at some point. Uh, One of those running backs is somebody you can probably look and go, you know what, do I have a backup tight end? Do I have a roster clogger receiver or an extra tight end somewhere I can pick up one of these running backs instead? Certainly a team that could bring somebody else in, uh, but those are two names you can literally get on for free that are most likely to be on a 53-man roster. Next up, the Colts. Four running backs I'm interested in. Jonathan Taylor, obviously. Zach Moss, Evan Hall, and Deion Jackson. Deion Jackson, a holdover from last year. Uh, had some opportunity, had a little bit of value last year, now probably back to where he's having to battle for a roster spot. Evan Hall, guy that was pretty popular pre-draft, ended up in an okay spot here. And then Zach Moss, uh, we kind of know what Zach Moss is, but still somebody that I'm interested in having potentially an early down role. If there was an injury, he's probably the most likely to do it before Evan Hall and Deion Jackson. So four guys on the Colts, that puts us up to 35 Let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars have four that I'm interested in. Potentially was five, but I made a decision on Snoop Connor uh, to dump all of those Snoop Connor shares. Travis Etienne, Tank Bigsby, Jamichael Hasty, and Dearness Johnson interested uh, from the Jaguars. Not Snoop Connor, not Quadri Allison, but you never know. Both of those guys have been on the radar in the past. But here with Jacksonville, four more guys to add. Hasty's interesting because they purposely went out and signed him. And then Dearness Johnson's interesting because they signed him in free agency. So with Hasty, they brought him back, even though they probably had plans to bring in somebody else. And then Dearness Johnson, we kind of have been holding him for a year, seeing what would happen with Cleveland. He ended up going back to Cleveland, had to wait another year. Then he ends up in Jacksonville. One of those guys, I'm guessing, is going to be somebody that's a little more annoying than we want. Uh, one of those guys is definitely going to make the team. And you know that in a Doug Peterson offense, uh, this is another one where you could literally probably get your Michael Hasty or Dearness Johnson for free. So check your waiver wire for those guys. 39 in, and we're on the last team in the division. 
had some recent changes with this one with Hassan Haskins uh, getting arrested for domestic violence. Uh, had the incident with his wife at the end of last week. I went in and cut all the Hassan Haskins shares. Uh, no room for that. Uh, not even because there's some sort of moral issue with it. Obviously, it's a, a negative thing and uh, not something that we would condone. But really, when you're talking about a running back that's literally fighting for a roster spot, like I don't see him surviving this. So I just cut all the Son Haskins. I'm guessing he probably ends up getting cut or doesn't make the team. Depending on what happens with that, maybe I regret that. But I was very comfortable going, you know what, there are plenty of other names that I want to pick up. So I cut all my Hassan Haskins, which means three guys I'm interested on the Titans, Derrick Henry, Tajay Spears, and Julius Chestnut. Julius Chestnut just by default moves up a rung because of the Hassan Haskins issue. Uh, they were kind of pretty much neck and neck last year. So end up looking for Julius Chestnut if he's out there. I picked him up in a league uh, and hopefully make a couple more claims on him going forward. So see if he's out there. We are 42 running backs in. We are through 12 teams. Let's go to the AFC West. Denver Broncos. So on the Broncos right now, only three on the Broncos that I'm interested in. One of them is one I've struggled with, uh, but you can tell me a narrative as why I should keep him on rosters. Javante Williams, Samaj P. Ryan. They do have Tyler Beatty. Tyler Bailey, Beatty was another one of those guys that I ended up cutting a bunch uh, pre-NFL draft, just figuring there's going to be something going on with Denver. They're going to draft somebody. They had already signed P. Ryan, so I cut all those Tyler Beatty shares. Uh, Tony Jones. So Tony Jones was with Sean Payton in New Orleans. He's bounced around. I don't really think much of Tony Jones. I've gone through the Tony Jones pickup, drop, any running back on a 53 experiment numerous years. Uh, but I think given the connection with Sean Payton and given the current depth chart, you can justify rostering Tony Jones. So that's three more added to the list. We are at 45. Next team up, the Chiefs. Always a popular team to find anybody that's living and breathing and stash them just in case. Uh, right now on the Chiefs, you're talking about four I'm interested. Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Daenerik Prince. So that brings the tally to 49. All of these guys pretty comfortably on rosters. Yes, Prince is a UDFA, but he was picked up and even drafted in a lot of leagues. So there's really not a shock if you can't get any of those for free. So I think this one's pretty straightforward. Another team that could add somebody. But that brings the tally up to 49 with Pacheco, McKinnon, Edwards-Hilaire, and Daenerik Prince. To the Raiders. So on the Raiders, as we stand right now, only two. So one of the few teams that only has two. Now they happen to have seven running backs currently listed on their roster, but not interested in Sincere McCormick, Britton Brown, Austin Walter, Amir Abdullah, or Brandon Bolden. Amir Abdullah, it fits in the category of the Naheem Hines, the Ty Montgomery's. You've just been there for a while. So could he end up having a role? Is it likely that... Amir Abdullah and Brandon Bolden could have roles, probably. I'm just not going down that road. I'm fine if I miss out on that. So it's Zamir White, it's Josh Jacobs. This is probably a team that you're going to see somebody that you're rostering as an any running back on a 53 end up here, but as of now, only two. So through the AFC, we are through 15 teams in the AFC. That is 51 running backs. We will end with the LA Chargers. Currently on the Chargers, Three more, Austin Eckler, Josh Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, uh, have not kept any Larry Roundtree. There is a fourth that I just started adding, or I will start adding this week. It is UDFA Elijah Dotson. Uh, Elijah Dotson, I'm not necessarily thinking he has the inside track, but there's been a little hype for Elijah Dotson 
uh, from Chargers reporters or from Chargers beat writers, people talking about the Chargers. Uh, dove down the Elijah Dotson road for about five minutes. UDFA out of Northern Colorado. That's one that I'm willing to pick up. And it's more of just the team. It's got to be a good offense, but also what's ahead of them. Um, if I've talked about the efficiency for running backs, Joshua Kelly is one of the worst running backs in the league. Isaiah Spiller showed nothing last year. Larry Roundtree has been there for two years now. So I'm okay adding a UDFA on this team just to see what happens. So that's one that's just jumped onto my radar. I'm going to try to get up to about 10 shares of Elijah Dotson this week. That brings the AFC total to 55. So through the first half of the league, one half of the teams, we are at 55 running backs currently that I am willing to roster. And just before we get into the NFC, just to clarify, everybody, I am using Our Lads. So you can look at Our Lads, O-U-R-L-A-D-S dot com to follow every depth chart. Really, this strategy goes back to we are in the prime time right now where all of the running back jobs outside of the starter and the backup for a lot of teams are completely up in the air. And this is the most volatile position that's fantasy relevant between now and the start of the season. And it's also the one where there are a ton of options, way more options than roster spots. And it's not an exact science. You can't just sit here and say, this guy has the best profile. This guy's the best receiver. This guy's the fastest. This guy has the most college production. Running back is more about opportunity than anything. And a lot of times opportunity is earned, whether that's in the preseason, whether that's in training camp, whatever. Which running backs make the third string or the fourth running back on a roster? Which one is the first guy on the practice squad? All of that stuff is more ambiguous at running back than any other position. And it's also the position where regardless of the profile, there's usually one injury separating the third or fourth string guy from somebody that could be on the field. So just thinking about that, that is the reason why I'm going through this exercise and why this is the prime time to cast the widest net. Like there is no other position where you can play it this way. If you're trying to play another position like this, you're literally just spinning your wheels because you're not going to get the quick results. You're going to end up holding on to players. And that is the biggest benefit of this. It's not just the strategy itself, but it's the fact that you get the results so quickly. You know who to cut. You know where everything stands. You know, basically, based on my roster construction, how many running backs don't end up making the cut. Some teams, you're going to hit a lot of home runs, right? You're going to hit a ton of guys that end up making teams. And wow, I have actually too many. Some you're going to go, I whiffed on seven of those running backs. I've legit had teams where I go into the start of the season where I have to cut my rosters down and I go, yeah, I have eight running backs that I can just get rid of. I have a bunch of extra roster spots. So some teams you're going to have a bunch, some teams you're not going to have many. And that's just part of the variance of playing this strategy. But the biggest benefit is you're going to know generally where everything stands right when you go into the season. There's not going to be any guessing. There's not going to be any waiting And generally, once the rosters crack, everyone sets their 53-man roster, then you are very, very specific as to who you're going to keep. Give it a couple days after cutdowns, you're going to see some guys get cut, they're going to re-sign to the practice squad, or they're going to sign with other teams, and then all of a sudden you have a new set of depth charts that you're working with once the season kicks off. So we'll go to the NFC. We'll start with Dallas, uh, one that a lot of people have speculated they're going to sign somebody else. Um, I'm willing to roster five running backs on Dallas. So we're starting off with a bang in the NFC. We had 55 in the AFC. Let's see where we come up shaking out with the NFC. So Tony Pollard, Malik Davis, Deuce Vaughn, Rico Dowdle, Ronald Jones. Rico Dowdle is right on the fringe. 
But you know what? Rico Dowdle has just as good a chance at this point as Ronald Jones, as probably Malik Davis, as whoever's randomly out there on free agency that Dallas could sign. And then we have no clue what Deuce Vaughn's role is going to be. So five guys on Dallas until otherwise stated. Uh, Going to the next team, you have the New York Giants. The Giants are one of those teams that are pretty slim. Uh, Three I'm willing to roster on the Giants. Saquon Barkley, Matt Breida, Eric Gray. Matt Breida is kind of at the bottom end. Like he's one of the, another one of those that's been around for five or six years. We know what he is. We know he has durability concerns. He's not big. He's not a great pass catcher. He's probably viewed by the team as more of a, you know what, if we ever need to give him seven or eight touches in a game, we hope those are super efficient touches, but really never anything more. Uh, This is one of those teams that if there were to be an injury or a need for another running back, they just add somebody else instead of saying, hey, we have Matt Breida. Let's increase his workload for a week or two. No, we're probably just going to add somebody else to supplement what we lost versus elevate him. So no interest in carrying Gary Brightwell or Deshaun Corbin. Could get burned by that. Held Corbin all of last year. Never really even cracked the roster, which was a little bit disappointing. Uh, but three right now on the Giants with Barkley, Breida, and Eric Gray. So we're up to eight in the NFC. The Eagles. Uh, Eagles are one of those teams where I'm willing to carry five. So DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell, Rashad Penny, Boston Scott, Trey Sermon. Boston Scott, kind of like Matt Breida, is on the bottom end. Like, I will cut Boston Scott if I need to. Uh, Trey Sermon's just a complete wild card. Uh, but it's interesting how they formed together this backfield. But it's also one of those backfields where, kind of like Dallas... Anybody that could make the team, you want to have. Even if they're two injuries away, you probably want to be carrying that fourth running back on Philly or Dallas, and we just don't know what that's going to look like. So I'm willing to carry five. Uh, That puts us up to 13 in the NFC. And then last team in the NFC East, we have the Commanders, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, and Chris Rodriguez. Only three. Uh, So we're at 16. Uh, Pretty straightforward with those three. With the Commanders, we're at 16 through four teams. Let's move over to the NFC North Bears. Same thing. Only three I'm willing to carry on the Bears. No interest in Travis Homer. Uh, had a ton of trust in Ebner last year, kind of like Deshaun Corbin. Uh, but they've done enough to tell me I'm not really interested in holding either one of those guys. So it's obviously Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, Roshan Johnson. What's really interesting is all of those guys right now, I think you could sell for at least a third, probably even a second with Roshan or Khalil Herbert. So it's one of those backfields where... They don't have anyone that's even close to worth a first. And you'd actually could struggle maybe to get a second for Khalil Herbert or Roshan Johnson, uh, but all of them are worth a third. So it's truly probably the most ambiguous backfield um, of all of them in the NFL right now in terms of what they're going to look like. You can find people that are selling you on all three of them. You can find people that are fading all three. Uh, So just kind of an interesting makeup with uh, the Bears backfield right now. So that puts us at 19 Next team up is the Detroit Lions. The Lions, very straightforward for me. Uh, I'm carrying four on the Lions. David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, Craig Reynolds, Muhammad Ibrahim. So Muhammad Ibrahim, a UDFA um, out of Minnesota. Craig Reynolds is a guy they've re-signed a couple times. Anyone that saw Hard Knocks, uh, they definitely have a fan favorite in Craig Reynolds. Everybody loves Craig Reynolds. And right now he's probably in line to be the third running back was a receiver in college, someone that they've kept around, has had a couple spot starts uh, a couple years ago. If you remember, Craig Reynolds had like a two-game stretch where you could have actually started him, but somebody that I'm still willing to carry just given how good the offense was last year and given he does have that receiving pedigree and has been around for a couple years, so you just never know. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Deion Jackson, who literally was there for a year 
never heard about him. And all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we've liked this guy. We just had to have him grow into this role a little bit. So maybe a little bit different with Craig Reynolds, but somebody that I'm still worth carrying. So through Detroit, we are to another four added there. We're at 23. We'll go to Green Bay. Green Bay is very easy. Three players, Lou Nichols, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones. That's the only guys I'm interested on Green Bay. So that brings us to 26. Lou Nichols was a seventh round pick. Uh, Not overly impressive, but probably the favorite to be the third running back. They still have Tyler Goodson and Patrick Taylor, who I've rostered in the past, uh, but no more. Not really interested in those guys right now, just given that we've seen those. Tyler Goodson, kind of like Deshaun Corbin, held him all last year, never even got a shot. Even when they needed running backs, never even got a chance. So hard to justify keeping him on a dynasty roster at this point. And then the last team, the Vikings, Uh, we obviously saw the shakeup with Dalvin Cook getting cut. So it's still four that I'm willing to carry here. Alex Madison, Ty Chandler, Keenan Owongwu, and Dwayne McBride. So those four talked about that a couple episodes ago, the Vikings running back conundrum. So I won't cover that too much more. Uh, Keenan Owongwu is interesting. Uh, I ended up kind of cutting all of my Keenan Owongwu shares simply because I go, yeah, he's just a special teams player. But then you look a little bit more and you go, "You, you don't know that. I think I know that, but I'm not 100% certain. So still willing to keep him probably on the bottom, like 5% of running backs that I would keep, but still willing to roster him. You can get him for nothing. He's not worth anything, but somebody just to keep an eye on. Just because we think we know what a team wants to do, we have no clue. So we're through half the NFC. We're at 30 running backs in the NFC. We'll go to the Falcons. Falcons, Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson. That's it. They have a couple other guys. They still have Caleb Huntley. He tore his Achilles last year, so not interested in Caleb Huntley. Uh, UDFA, they have Carlos Washington, not on my radar from a UDFA perspective. Uh, And just a shout out to anybody that has inside tracks on some of these UDFAs. I obviously have my bias. It's impossible for all of us to know about everybody. I have my list of guys that I'm willing to add, but there's always one or two where I hadn't heard of, like Elijah Dotson, where I go, you know what, now that I look into it a little bit more, somebody that I'm willing to pick up. And Atlanta would be another one of those where any running back on this roster is probably interesting. So right now it's just three with Bijan, Algier, and Patterson. Uh, We go over to the Panthers. Panthers, same thing. Three of them, Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, Raheem Blackshear. Uh, They have a couple other guys. Spencer Brown, who's been in this same spot for now his third year. Cameron Peoples, haven't added Cameron Peoples. Uh, just because was not really impressed with him as a UDFA. But again, that could be a little bit of bias. And then Tyon Evans, who immediately signed with the Panthers after being cut by the Rams. And a lot of people still like Tyon Evans. Uh, but then when we go to the Rams, we'll talk about the Rams later. And you go, they cut this guy within three days of minicamp. And why is anybody excited with him on the Panthers? I picked him up everywhere on the Rams. I thought that was a great spot. And then he didn't even get out of minicamp. So either something's missing there or... He's just a camp body for the Panthers. So three on the Panthers, Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, Raheem Blackshear. Uh, Blackshear is actually really interesting. Blackshear is one of those guys that he is really the only pass catcher on their offense. And he's available for free. So he's one that's probably going to make the team. In fact, barring that they don't sign anybody, I think he's almost a lock. And he may be one of those really sneaky uh, point per reception options that's available out there. And you can probably get 20, 25, 30% ownership of Raheem Blackshear, literally just picking him up off waivers. So that's one to keep an eye on. We are at 36 as we get to the New Orleans Saints. Right now, the Saints have four I'm willing to handle. Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller, and Eno Benjamin. 
that puts us up to 40. Eno Benjamin is one that I've gone back and forth on. We know the story was a sleeper for the Cardinals, took a couple years, ended up being somebody that actually got some opportunity, was good, then apparently complained about his role, and that doesn't get you very far when you have no pedigree, so they cut him. He signed with Houston, and he thought, that's not a bad spot. He lands with Houston. Maybe he'll get some opportunity. Literally never got any opportunity with Houston. Then he ends up with the Saints, and you go, he's buried on the Saints. He's probably buried on the Saints, given that they have literally, this is the only team, I believe, that has three running backs that you can argue are worth at least a second-round pick with Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, and Kendra Miller. So it's kind of like the Bears, but better names. And then you add Eno Benjamin to the mix. You don't really see how he's going to be able to crack this depth chart, but somebody that I want to roster only because I do think he gets another chance somewhere. So that puts us up to 40. And then we get to the final team in the NFC South. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers right now willing to carry four. Rashad White, Chase Edmonds, Keyshawn Vaughn, Sean Tucker. Not sure what the team direction is, uh, but you can look at Chase Edmonds, Keyshawn Vaughn, and Sean Tucker and go, I really have no clue what to make of those three. Do they add somebody else? Do they bring in somebody like Zeke? Do they add a gross veteran, somebody like a Kenyon Drake or someone like that? Who knows? But as of right now, I'm willing to carry every running back behind Rashad White. So that brings our total up to 44 in the NFC. We go to the Cardinals. Cardinals are one of those where it's only three. So James Conner, Keontae Ingram, and Emery DiMercato, UDFA from TCU, uh, Dean Mercado is an older prospect, six years in college, uh, looked pretty good when Kendra Miller was injured, and I wondered why he didn't get any pre-draft buzz, like none at all, never even heard his name, to the point where I, I remember listening to a couple shows, and they didn't even know he was in the draft. So he signed with the Cardinals, and it's actually a pretty good landing spot. So I've added a ton of Dean Mercado. Again, this is probably going to be a bad team. They also have Corey Clement and Tyson Williams, both of those guys have been around before, have bounced around numerous teams. Could it be either one of those? Yes. Uh, just more interested in the new toy in Mercado, just because nobody really knows what you have there. So that brings our total up to 47. 49ers, so another team where you're kind of like, man, I'm willing to roster pretty much anybody that's on the depth chart. So you have Christian McCaffrey, you have Elijah Mitchell, you have Jordan Mason, you have Tyrion Davis-Price, and then you have UDFA, uh, Kalen LeBourne from Marshall. Uh, LeBourne was a really high recruit at Florida State, uh, ended up having to go to Marshall, was good last year uh, behind Rasheen Ali when he got injured. So he was one of those that you look at his profile and you go, wow, this guy looks better than a UDFA. Now he's probably just a Jag, uh, but somebody that I'm interested in, especially on the 49ers. So right now it's five. Davis Price is probably the odd man out uh, in terms of Mason versus Davis Price. But again, anybody on this roster that could potentially make the team you got to have on the radar. So that brings our NFC total up to 52. Seattle Seahawks, Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet, Kenny McIntosh. Uh, Kenny McIntosh has been available for free pretty much across the board in drafts. Uh, had a good profile out of Georgia in terms of being a receiver, but people knocked him because he ran a slow 40 time. He fell to the seventh round. But I'm not going to be surprised if there's sporadic usage for Kenny McIntosh, which is just going to annoy people because they're already annoyed by the fact that Zach Charbonnet landed in the spot where Kenneth Walker already is. But you look at Kenny McIntosh, he's by far the best receiver of that group. And you look at how they've used DJ Dallas and Travis Homer over the last couple of years. Wouldn't be shocked if Kenny McIntosh is a guy you go that's not relevant in his own right, 
but he's out there getting a couple targets a game, and you're going, what are the Seahawks doing? So don't be shocked when that happens, but I've added him everywhere. No interest in DJ Dallas at this point. He's been in that role for four years. You've got to figure that Kenny McIntosh has an inside track over him, given that they just used a draft pick on him. So three on the Seahawks. That puts us at 55, so we've already equaled the total of the AFC. And the last team we have is the Rams. And on the Rams, four that I'm willing to add, begrudgingly, added a bunch of Sony Michelle last week. I don't know why. I don't know why I keep going back to this well. But after everything the Rams have done, right? They have Cam Akers. They draft Zach Evans. They have Kyron Williams. They cut Tyon Evans, right? So they cut Tyon Evans in minicamp. Doesn't even make it a week. And they just have to bring that Sony Michelle in. Not Zeke, not Dalvin Cook. Not Leonard Fournette, not Kenyon Drake, not Melvin Gordon, not the other multitude of running backs that literally could just be mercenaries that are desperate for a job. Mark Ingram, Daryl Williams, Damian Williams, none of those. They go right back to the Sony Michelle well. Now, probably because he knows the system, they know him. Probably a good spot for him just in terms of familiarity that literally can just step in and be a camp body. But I've added some Sony Michelle back up. Stranger things have happened. So you have to at least respect that. Even if the Rams are going to be bad, I mean, you're not threatened by anybody on the depth chart above him. So with Sony Michelle, you are up to 59 in the NFC. That brings us to 114 total across the league. And then how do I get to those others? I will talk about the guys that are currently. NFL free agents. But before we do that, I want to put in a quick plug. Uh, Ray and I will be launching a new show. More to come here in the next week or two from Destination Debbie. Uh, But we are going to be launching a new YouTube show, which is going to be exclusively streamed on Sunday nights on the Destination Debbie YouTube channel. Just talking ball. We're going to talk through a bunch of different stuff uh, with some of the new stuff that's coming out with Destination Debbie. Uh, Destination Chill uh, is going to be launching on July 23rd, YouTube only. So if you listen to the podcast, you will not get that show on the pod feed. It will be a live stream only Sunday nights. Uh, We'll put out a schedule, uh, what we're going to plan on doing for the season and all of that kind of stuff. But the first show will be going live July 23rd. More details to come, YouTube only. So if you're looking for something to do on Sunday night, hang out with Ray and I. Really, who knows where the stream is going to go, where the direction of the show. It's going to be a lot geared towards just us discussing what we talk about in the Heisman chat, what's going on in Dynasty, strategy, pretty much everything. And then we're going to do a lot of interaction uh, with the listeners and with the viewers. That was the whole goal to kind of interact with people more, bring to the masses what people already get in the Heisman chat, where Ray and I just are in the voice chat going back and forth on different stuff. And it's crazy some of the topics that we don't even probably wake up and go, you know what, we're going to talk about this today. Then we get in there and something randomly breaks or someone sees something random on Twitter or reads about something or hears something on a show and boom, turns into a two hour conversation where we're deep diving on strategy and all that kind of stuff. So that's probably going to be where a lot of the shows are going to go. But again, July 23rd, Destination Chill will launch on the YouTube feed. So stay tuned for more details from Destination Debbie on that. And finally, to the free agents, the current NFL free agents that I am rostering. Obviously, you have the big names, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt. Those four are obvious. I think all four of those guys are simply just waiting for an opportunity. The money probably isn't there for any of them. So why sign now? 
why go into a camp where I'm having to compete for a job? I have enough behind me. I have enough pedigree. I've done enough in the NFL to say I'm going to probably be able to pick my spot. Now, even if that makes some dynasty managers uncomfortable, continue to add these guys. They may not sign until late in the preseason. Like there's no reason for a guy like Leonard Fournette to show up for anything more than what he has to do. He is what he is. He's probably just a running back mercenary that can handle a workload if you need him to, but probably no incentive for him to jump into a training camp at the end of July and sit out there and battle four other players for the number three job. Probably better off just saying, you know what? The money is not there. I'm not getting offered what it would take for me to do that. So I'm just going to sit back and wait until I'm needed. And it may go into the season. I don't think that happens with a guy like Dalvin Cook. But I think the other three, Zeke, Fournette, and Kareem Hunt, easily could linger into the preseason, even into like the beginning of the NFL season before they actually sign. Who knows? But it doesn't mean I'm going to not want these guys or continue to add them. And they're only going to get cheaper. They are only going to get cheaper. There's going to be opportunities where some names that are actually playing in preseason or getting some buzz in camps are going to pass these guys up in terms of what the market prefers. So I'm going to continue to add these four. I think all of them are proven enough where they're going to get other chances going forward if they want them. So those four are still on the radar. That brings our total to 118. Then you have like the everybody else's. And these are ones that I'm still willing to dabble into if they're available, but they are pretty much the lowest common denominator options. Some I prefer of others. The ones on the list that I will prioritize are guys that have some historic efficiency on their side. So Kenyon Drake is one of those. Um, Melvin Gordon is another. Those two I'm interested in basically just picking up. I think they are just as good or better than guys that are on teams. So I'm willing to add them. So those are two others that you may see out there that I'm willing to add. Then the other ones that you can just justify picking up if there's nobody else. So there's a few other names. We're at 120 with Drake and Gordon. Then you have Mark Ingram. You have Darrell Williams. You have Justin Jackson. You have Marlon Mack. You have James Robinson. You have Damian Williams. And finally, you have the name Daryl Henderson. And he may be closer to the Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake in terms of being the best of this list. But the fact that numerous teams have literally dumped him and I haven't heard a word other than he visited the Chiefs, haven't heard a word on Daryl Henderson. But those are the seven that are out there that I would consider picking up. As I said before, I have 122 of these rostered. I gave 127 names. There's a couple of those UDFAs that I've kind of just discovered, and I'll be picking them up. There's a couple of these NFL free agents that the places where I may have a chance to pick them up, they're not enough roster spots for me to do it. So somebody like James Robinson, I could see somebody picking him up, but I don't have any of James Robinson. So that's it. 127 running backs. There's some others that are sitting out there. You can check the Spotrack NFL free agent list that's currently active, but hopefully that helps. 127 running backs down that I would justify rostering. Now, that is not going to last all season. I'm probably going to cut this number down to most likely 80 to 100. Somewhere in that range is where I will end up. So you're talking about 20% or more of the players that I named, maybe up to 30% or more of the players I named in this show end up getting cut. And I see that as a positive, right? If you've roster constructed right and you're embracing the any running back on a 53 strategy, 
that's a positive. That is 30% more roster spots that you're going to have across your portfolio. Now, some of these leagues are going to cut down. I mentioned it's an average of about 34 for me. That probably cuts down to an average of 30 to 31, I would say, just because a lot of my leagues are expanded for the rookie draft. But still, there's going to be some overage. There's going to be some extra roster spots. And why do I want to do that? It gives me the flexibility to pick up and drop and adjust with the times when things start happening in preseason and start happening once the season kicks off and we have depth charts that are established. So hopefully this episode helps. It's fun for me to go through all of these. Again, shout out to Eric. This is the episode. These type of episodes are what he and I used to love to do. Uh, So props to him. We've had some great times over the year talking about this kind of stuff. So this is a little bit of a tribute to him going through literally every running back on a 53. So if there's any names that I missed, any that you want to point out and say, hey, check out this UDFA, or what do you think about this free agent? You know, maybe this could happen. Or maybe I have a couple blind spots, five, six guys that I said I'm not rostering, but are currently on NFL rosters. Maybe there's a justification of why those should be on my radar. So let me know, point it out to me. Appreciate everybody that stuck through this. Uh, This is an episode that is literally for the degenerates. So hopefully everybody enjoyed this. As always, you can find everything Destination Devi at patreon.com slash allgas. Shout out to my other endeavors, Dynasty Trades in 5 on YouTube and patreon.com slash dynasty and chill. The newsletter, allgas.beehive.com backslash subscribe. Enter your email. You get something from the Destination Devi team every single week. And then a reminder, the Warp series that Adam and I will be launching, more details to come on that. But if you like Warp, if you like roster construction, this is going to be game-changing in terms of the Dynasty space. I haven't encountered anything else like what we're going to put together. So more details to come on that. And then July 23rd, mark that on your calendars. Ray and I will go live on the Destination Devi YouTube for our inaugural episode of Destination Chill. So more details to come on that as well. Happy 4th of July to everybody. Stay safe with the fireworks. Keep everybody safe. Keep your pets safe. And with that, I will go ahead and sign off. Be chill. Only ones I keep around me is my family.